Hello and welcome to the Gallant View podcast. My name's David Tomlinson and I've got some good guests tonight. I will name the age before beauty, as I always say, Mr Pollock. David Pollock, how are you? I'm good, Dave, yeah. I still haven't quite got over our escapades of last night, but I'm sure we can, uh, we'll pick the bones out of it and uh, find someone to blame because someone's got to... Someone's got to get the blame here, and I'm, and I'm looking for someone, so bring it on. Hope, hope it's not going to be me, Dave. Hope you're not going to blame me. I carried the end about it. I was I was pushing us on via the telly. No one's ruled out until we get to the <laughs> the detail the reveal moment. <laughs> anyway, my second guest is Scott Mackay. How are you, Scott? I not bad at all, Dave. Not bad at all. Just here to... Dissect a new director of football, Ross McCausland goal, um, in last night's match. Unfortunately, sure there's a good few talking points on that. I.e., Todd Cantwell getting subbed instead the Sam Lammers. I, I didn't think we wanted to talk about that. To be honest with you, I made an agenda that sort of went round that. It's what's what tonight. <laughs> but anyway, um, there's another guest coming on. He's a bit late at the moment. He's coming up over from another podcast, and now I'm getting text. Um, is uh, Scott McPike? Is it McPike or McPike? Hi, McPike, oh. SN Media. McPike from SN Media. Uh, he'll be coming. He'll be joining us uh, later when he's finished with his own podcast. So anyway, Dave, I'll read out the the news from Rangers first of all. Rangers are today delighted to confirm the completion of men's football board with the appointment of Niels Coppen from PSV Eindhoven as Director of Football Recruitment, subject to receipt of work permit. 38-year-old Coppen held the role of Head of Scouting at PSV prior to joining Rangers, having worked with the Dutch side across their famed academy and productive first team since 2018. The football board oversees and implements the club football strategy, including making key decisions related to player trading, contracts and squad planning. The board is comprised of Chairman John Bennett, CEO James Bygrove, Manager Philip Clement, Director of Football Operations Craig Robertson, Director of Medical and Performance Dr Mark Waller, Academy Director Zeb Jacobs, and now the club's new director of football recruitment, Niels Coppen. Coppen will begin his new role with Rangers on the 2nd of January and will be tasked with ensuring the club have a thriving player trading model and leading the recently revamped scouting setup at Rangers Training Centre. And then Niels Coppen says, I'm delighted to be joining such a prestigious club White Rangers in what is a crucial role for the club's forward strategy. The chairman and CEO have both been clear in recent times our player trading model has to function better and on a more regular basis. I look forward to working with the scouting team already here at the club to ensure we reach our goals in the coming years. Rangers are also pleased to confirm the appointment of Tom Taylor as the club's new head of performance working closely with the manager, Dr. Mark Waller, and the first-team squad 
Taylor will join the Light Blues on December the 22nd from Premier League side Brighton and Hove Albion. Now, come to you, Mr Pollock, first, because I've been one of your favourite subjects over the last few few weeks. Uh, it should have been in a long time ago, you think. It's going to take to January now, although I would imagine he will be working behind the scenes even now. Dave, what's your uh, impression of it all? Well, you're going to have to hear my confession first, because uh, until this afternoon, I didn't know this guy was on planet Earth. So, uh, but... It's, it's an absolute crucial role. Uh, and I think himself and Philip Clement will be doing the donkey work in, in terms of, you know, identifying potential targets. I think the, the committee, which you've just uh, listed there, will probably be the, the, the rubber stamp committee who, who will just uh, review, you know, the the various uh, lists of names that they come up with and, and the various uh, contractual details surrounding each player. So... Uh, I'm looking forward to this guy uh, getting in, in position and, and and helping us do what we said we've been we've said for years what we would do. We've never quite managed it to get the player trading model uh, up to speed and get it functioning and and, and get it productive. So uh, sooner the uh, as you say, I think I mean he's not in post until the second of January, but you can I think we could safely assume that <clears throat> there'll be a few phone calls between him and Philip Clement. Uh, during December, you know, uh, prior to the transfer window, I'm I'm, I'm sure he can just uh, fit us in, squeeze us in of an evening or two. So I, I think 38 seems quite young. I mean, I, I've got, there's no signs behind that. It's just just his age seems quite young, but uh, I'm not going to hold that against him. Certainly not at this at this moment. Maybe, maybe give me six months, and I'm sure I'll come up with a reason to dislike him, but. Uh, no, it's 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 long overdue and it's a, it's a welcome addition. Yeah, I, I, I perfectly agree with you, Dave. Um, he is very inexperienced in the role. I mean, he's never done it before. He's always been as a head of scouting. So I, I suppose it, he, he'll be learning. And that I don't know whether that's what we wanted, somebody that's learning. We wanted somebody that would, that would come in. Although I would imagine he will have a... a, a Good knowledge of Dutch, Belgian league, French possibly. So I would imagine that we're, we'll, we'll be doing okay there. But don't worry that you've never heard of him before, Dave, because I was looking through the PSV fan forums before I came on here, and he'd never heard of him either. So <laughs> the, the, the few through replies that were uh, well, I didn't know anything about him, so I don't suppose I'll be bothered that he's away. So that was that was their sort of response to. It. So anyway, glad to see Scott McPike has uh, has come on. Scott, Scott, I'll give you the word. How are you? Pleasure, mate. Thanks. As always, sorry I'm a bit late. No problem. Okay. Well, we're we're on obviously on about the director of football. I'll come back to you on that one. I'll go on to Scott McKay first of all. Great. You have two Scots and two Davies. That's a, how am I going to get through this one? <laughs> Anyway, Scott McKay, how, uh, what's your verdict on this? Um, it's pretty much what I thought it was going to be, to be honest with you, David, except I thought it would have been somebody from down south who went and got like, a, a scout at a Brentford or a Brighton or something like that that had done a, a decent job. Um, I've just I've got a few of PSV's kind of transfer dealings here. Obviously, um, 
Von Neumann's no director of football currently at PSV, but he has got a say. Um, I mean, they've had big sales like Cody Gakpo to Liverpool, Ibrahim Sangari. Um, we all remember they two for last year. Um, he's been out and they've signed players this season. Obviously, they've got Tillman in. Um, Ricardo Pepe from Augsburg, um, Noah Lang. I think he caused James Tavernier a few a few nightmares. PSV have got a really, really good trading model. But the challenge we've got, well, the challenge he's got at Rangers is he's got to date in a much smaller budget and still get the kind of, not the same returns, because I think Gakpo came for like 50 million plus to Liverpool. But he's got to get big returns for for players. And I mean, you look you look at his squad just now, Where's where's the, I wrote an article about this earlier on. Where where are we going to get the money for? Who who's there that we can sell for Joe Aribo money, Calvin Bassey money, Nathan Patterson money? There's not really many there to, to go through. So he needs to come in and do a wee bit of wheeling and dealing to begin with. Um needs to get some of the deadwood out of the out of the club and needs to try and generate some funds for, from somewhere for come on to go and spend. Um with a massive outlay in the summer there. So I think it's it's kind of coming down to hopefully maybe a Saudi team is going to come in for some day. Um, I think personally, I think Raskin's one next biggest um, sale in the, the player trading model. You could maybe get some money in for Scott Wright. I think Preston North End were interested in him in the summer. Jack Butland, we all want him to stay, but he's a sellable asset, unfortunately. That's what it comes down to. Um, so there is some players there, but there's na- there's nobody there that's going to get you, like I say, the funds that that uh, we hit heights with Calvin Bassey. Obviously, he was a he was a record sell for us. Um, so yeah, if the guys get his work cut. Out. But I'm 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 glad I'm glad because he's he's got a he's got a bit of background. He was a he was a scout for Genk Youth, and then. There was pre there was some previous jobs in the youth setups scouting wise before that in Belgium. And then obviously he got the the shout to go over to PSV, but he worked to come on at Gink. So um there's obviously going to be a good bit of chemistry there between him and come on. I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued to see what, what he's going to bring. Yeah, I I knew the name of the, the other team that's Wemo or Womo or something like that. Aye. I can't. I can't remember now exactly, and I've, I've studied it for about half an hour. Uh, anyway, I'm not totally agree with you that we had a massive spend in uh, last year, uh, Scott. I think we sold just as much as we we paid to bring in players. I don't think it was a massive aye, spend. Aye, but, seeing, but seeing context, David, see when you're shelling out four and a half million on serial Dessers and three million on Sam Lammers, that's big spending for us. That's big spending. Yeah, but for we, we got money back for. We got money back for Sakala and we got money aye, back. Sakala, Sakala, aye. But what I'm saying is, the transfer business wasn't even good enough. I would much rather have fashioned Sakala up my club than Serial Dessers. Do you know what I mean? Oh, I agree, they're, with, I agree they're, with they're you. Not worth, they're not worth the money that's been spent. So the uh, outlay totally for me that. is big because we're not going to get that money back now. Oh, well, my, my point is, I don't think we spent any money, to be honest with you. I think I think it was just uh, it's like we balanced each other out. Scott, you come in, you can be referee in this one. What's your uh, what's your verdict on the new director of football and what do you think of, about have we spent a lot of money the last year? I think Scott Scott's word there intrigued. I'm very intrigued with this because 
I'm a bit of a cynic. I don't know if this this has been kind of expedited after a wee bit of obviously heightened pressure last night. I I don't think this was going to be announced before before today. So I'm quite I'm I'm intrigued. I, I don't as again I'm much like you. I've, I've been reading. I'd, I'd never heard of of the director of football until I heard his name today. So I was doing a wee bit of digging on him. This again, Scott's covered it well. On to the point about finances. Yeah, yes, I agree that Rangers have spent and brought in quite a bit over the summer, but Scott's completely right. The money has been wasted in terms of you look at them. I mean, Danilo, I still think Danilo can come good. I think he's been off form, but Dessers and Lammers and Sifuentes, I think we can throw into that category now. I think that they, they three are... Dessers and Lammers have been a disaster. Sifuentes can still improve, but they, they are massive outlays of the club and it's every penny Rangers spend has to be spent wisely and they haven't and that this is why a director of football is so important this the, the reason i think the summer business was so bad is because you had a manager signing players that he liked four years ago who have got worse in the four years so you can't have you need you need a structure in there and that's why i think like it's a double announcement as well rangers fitness issues are a shambles so to have a head of performance, a head of like all reports, he's a kind of sports science and fitness guy, the, the guy from Brighton. He's going to take charge of that side and Rangers are going to have a head of football recruitment taking charge of the player trading model, trying to get the best out of assets at the club. So, yeah, I, I really like the appointment. I think it's it's obviously some like, I thought Ross Wilson was a great appointment, so I'm not one to talk at the start he was and then he just, I think, he got too much power. But I think we are going to see a bit of a different Rangers and I think it's what we've needed to see for years. I think we need to see a, a movement in terms of fitness, sports, science, recruitment. Celtic are far better at recruitment than Rangers and have been for years. So Rangers need to adapt. And this, I hope, is them learning that. They should have learned it years ago, but they haven't. This is the opportunity now. They've got a guy in to look after that side of the department. He's worked with Clement in the past. So they're going to have a good relationship off, off the back. It's not going to be the likes of Stephen Gerrard and Mark Allen, who had never met before, but Pedro Cachinha had never, like he was brought in first and then the director of football. There seems to be a bit of a relationship already. Like I, I would, I would imagine Clement has had a say on who the director of football has been. So I, I think it's Rangers moving into more of a kind of different, a modernisation, which I think they've had to for a long time. But the first thing is Scott's right. First thing they need to fix spending money wisely on players like no like PSV. They spent put like Singari came into PSV when he was twenty one. They sold him for twenty four. They sold him when he was twenty four for three times what they bought. That's what Rangers need to be doing. Rangers haven't done that for years. Rangers, Rangers' biggest problem, in my opinion, is they brought players in like Borna Barris. It shouldn't still be at the club. Do you know what I mean? He, he had value two years ago when they won fifty five. Kamara was probably you would have probably got more money for Kamara two years ago. You would have got money for Morelos and Ken, but instead we keep them too long. They then lose their value and therefore the assets that you thought were big now are worth nothing. So that needs to be something that we, we need to see an improvement in that regard because I think that's the big difference between Celtic and Rangers. Celtic sell players at the right time, Rangers don't. And that's kind of the big difference. Yeah, that that will be uh, from, from PSV. I actually walked past him uh, the last time I was in the, at PSV, the PSV game, not the, the last one, but the one before. I was going. I was going to sort of say, I hope you lose tonight, but I thought, no, nah, better not be childish. So I'm going to 
tell you what the the, the PSV has said about it. And you need to excuse me a wee bit of a stutter at this because I'm reading it in Dutch and translating it into English. It's the coordinator scouting Niels Coppin is leaving PSV. The 38-year-old Belgium is becoming director of football recruitment fund from its Scottish Flat Rangers FC. Niels started in 2018 as scout by PSV and, and uh, flowed after two years through to his function as coordinator. Before Niels and it was in, in, in his job was by PSV, had a job by PSV, he was uh, head of youth by Womel, is Womel SK and whole scouting by KRC Peng. Now around five, uh, after five years is coming to, his, to an end and by PSV, the club wishes him all the success. Sorry a bit of a stutter there, but Trying to trying to read and, and translate at the same time isn't uh, isn't a, a favourite hobby. Um, okay, I think that's that. End, end, have you done any done any homework on the boy Taylor? Any you know anything about him? Just that he's he was quite involved in the sports side. Like Brighton, I think in the past ten years have been going down that that sports science route. So I think he is a big part of that. I think Brighton are probably, in terms of they use analytics and data more than most clubs in the Premier League, so I'm quite intrigued with that. How Because Rangers, I mean, famously, Clement said that there was technology beat there at, at uh, I still call it Murray Park, even though it, it's, that name should never be used. Uh, it, the, there was technology there that wasn't, that wasn't used and they didn't know what to do with it. So I, I like the idea of bringing somebody in who's more leaning towards that side of it. So I'm quite intrigued. I'm probably more intrigued by, by his appointment than the director of football because I think that's something Rangers have been missing for a long time. It's They have a really good training facility, but they don't use it to the best effect. So this guy could potentially have a set, have a plan in that regard and try and improve that because I think that's something that Rangers have been behind on for so long. So I'm, I, I think he's quite good in that. Stephen Gerrard brought in a whole team of sports science people when he, when he came in and he did, but, yeah, he did, and again, that was something that when when Gerard left, that seemed to disappear with him. Like, mm. so I'm I'm quite kind of hoping like Gerard obviously did. Gerard came from like, a really good playing background, so I, I'm, I can I, I can understand why he went down that route. But Rangers, that, that's why you didn't really see a lot of injuries under Gerard. It's no coincidence that when Gerard left, the injuries just get so high. So that could be that that could be something as well, but yeah, I hope this guy could be he brings something to that field because that's a field that well, I mean we need to see better fit. Rangers you can't have it. Rangers don't have a, Rangers haven't had a stable team since Gerard left because of so many injuries. So I hope this guy can improve that because that could be that could be a massive difference. Oh, I know Gio. He had the the old Dutch way of. You, the only training you do is with a ball at your feet. You don't yeah. do any kind of running. You've got to have a ball at your feet. I've told the story before. I, I, I get pulled off the training park and get told. When, when I had young guys running around the, the, the park, I get pulled off and told, get told, uh, you're, you've got to have a ball to play here, uh, to, to train here. So uh, you're not allowed to just have them running. Okay. So anyway, we'll move on. And I'll the starting lineup. We will see. Dave, what did you think of the starting lineup last night when you first heard it? Uh, well, I was surprised to see El Amers in there. That was uh, that was the first thing that leapt out the page at me uh, because 
you know, I don't think just from his efforts, you know, since he arrived and his efforts on 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 Saturday, you know, or Sunday, sorry, was uh, I didn't really see that coming, but uh, clearly, uh, Plumwood thinks there's a player in there, and which is why we ended up seeing him, but. Uh, nothing he did last night uh, has changed my opinion on him. So no, I was surprised in that. And Cantwell continuing to play on the right, and we've not we've seen how that ended. And I mean the the, the two central defenders. I mean you would have thought on paper Suter and Davis, mm-hmm. both experienced guys, know what they're doing. But we've seen from uh, the Aris goal that you know they they were. I mean I know people are making a song and dance about. Todd Cantwell losing possession, but Todd Cantwell's losing possession 70 yards from our goal. You know, we had uh, we had at least two opportunities to, to stop that. You know, one was in midfield when when uh, their midfielder pinged it forward and, and the other opportunity was, well, probably three if you think, if we include Butland, was the central defenders to cut it out and, and, and stop him. Uh, we didn't take that and, and then he just rounded Butland but, uh, and, and popped it in, but that was a not not a good goal. I mean, and, and it's the it's the the goal we lost against Celtic, the goal against we goal against we lost lost against Aberdeen, and the one we lost last night, all the same same type of goal, just a pings through the middle of us. I mean, two touch, one touch from midfield, straight through to the forward who's uh, in and goal and, and scores. So you, know, we, you you would think we would learn from it, but we we don't. So. No, so that in terms of the, the team, other than Lammers, it was pretty much as expected. So it didn't go yeah. to plan, though. Scott, what was your Scott Scott McKay? Uh, what was your verdict on the team? Like I say, I was up pretty much, and kind of everybody I was with kind of turned around. The general feeling amongst the crowd was they couldn't believe Sam Lammers was starting. Um, I felt the booze uh, sub were. That's probably a bit of a controversial opinion, but I thought it was warranted last night when Cantwell got brought up. I thought Cantwell was the only one kind of when he got on the ball, he was kind of trying to create something, trying to make something happen. Obviously, he loses the ball for for their goal, but um, that's not just doing it. Yeah, that's that's doing it. Sort of being a couple of yards further forward than he should have been. There was no, obviously no communication between him and Ben Davies. Um, he needs to get Cantwell around and um in his natural position. But one of the boys in front of me at the game last night was saying apparently there's a it's a it's an attitude problem in training. Take for that what you will. Um it's because Clement's kinda of demanding more from Todd Cantwell because he knows he's got it. Like I say, it's just it's just rumours to me, but um there's something not right somewhere. In terms of the lineup, it was kinda of as expected apart from Lammers starting. I thought Lawrence would have maybe I get. I think Tom Lawrence offers you far much more than Sam Lammers is ever going to offer you. Um, looking at his stats last night, I mean, he, I think he lost possession, was dispossessed like seven times and never won any duels in the air. And there's just there's just a want with the guy in terms of what, what he's actually bringing to this side and why the manager tend to persist with him. Um, so that would be my only gripe about last night is the fact he was playing because. You're actually playing with ten men when the guy's on the park. Yeah, that's uh, that's true. Scott, Pike, what, what, what was your your version on the starting lineup? You surprised? I, thought, I was surprised with Lammers. Yeah, I was surprised. I, I did think I, I wasn't necessarily 
I didn't think Lawrence would start. I thought Lawrence was, you know, he went off. I thought he looked a bit kind of unfit when he went away. He was, I think Sunday took a bit out of him, so I wasn't surprised he wasn't starting. I thought you would maybe see a McCausland coming in in the, the right or put Matondo on the left and move Seymour to the right or something like that and play Cantwell through the middle. I didn't think Lammers would start, but I think I, I think Clement gets team selection wrong. Look, I, I think it was more... I mean, I, I don't like doing this, but I think Lammers is just a waste of a shot. Like, I, I just think he, he, he's offering nothing. Like Scott said there, he, I, I counted 13 times I lost the ball last night. And if you want to look at a, a problem... See, I, I can't remember. It was definitely in the first half, but Barisic puts a ball in, and Lammers goes to hit it with his right. No, sorry, goes to hit it with his left. It bounces off his right and ends up in Sifuentes' feet, and Sifuentes doesn't know what to do either. That's two players that, that don't have any confidence. But instead, Lammers putting Lammers out there and him not able to offer anything isn't helping him. And you, you have to look at the kind of the human side of it. He isn't. Suited. I still don't know what he's meant to bring to this side, so I, I don't know why he keeps persevere, persevering with him. Does he think there's a player there? Like we, we've seen wee glimpses, like his goal against Dundee. I mean, that's a that's a really good goal, but we can count on one hand how many times Sam Lammers has done anything productive, and that's a really bad thing to say in December, at the start of December about any new signing. So I would say... I understand the booze. I don't necessarily agree with it because I think, again, it's just... I understood it would be well because that was so untenable, but we're still... We're booing... We're, you're booing the team, you're booing the manager, in my opinion. So, But I understood why the crowd were frustrated because although Cantwell was, was to blame for giving the ball away, Lam, you can't look at that team. The, one, the big difference, I, I think, between Lammers and Cantwell is... We know Cantwell can. Well, Cantwell's performances for when he came in to the end of last season were so good, were so different to what we've seen. So we know there is a body of work there we can look at and say we know what Cantwell can do. We don't have that with Lammers. So when you're taking Cantwell off and keeping Lammers on the park, you're throwing that chance away. Cantwell as a player who can find something from nothing, Lammers isn't. So I, I I wouldn't have taken off Cantwell. I think as you say, it's the media have jumped on it because. It is a big story, but mm-hmm. it could have been avoided. I think Lammers, I, I think Lammers is just, I, I think there'll be a, probably a fire. A, a fires will be started if he starts on Sunday because he's everybody now is, is singing off the same hymn sheet. They don't see anything. And I don't think it's a, a, a coincidence as well that Dessers hasn't been on in the past two games. I think Clement's made his mind up about him. So these are two players that you bought for a lot of money who are offering you nothing. But Lammers is the one who keeps playing and it's going to come a point he's got to say, right, I'm, I'm not able to get anything out of this guy. So we have to make a decision. We have to. Thanks for your t- thanks for your time, Sam. Sorry it's not worked out. Let's let's try and get your move in January because he's not offering Rangers anything. And it's it's sad, but yeah, I mean, I thought I thought that there was no coincidence that the only spark in the game last night was Ross McCausland, and it was because he's the only player that really could provide a spark because everybody else was just done. I just thought everybody else was so poor, with the exception of Lundstrom. I thought Lundstrom, I don't think it was his best game, don't get me wrong, but he had to do a lot of donkey work because of how poor Cifuentes was. So he had to do a lot of the work. 
So I would give him a pass, but everybody else I thought, with, with the exception of Butler and Lundstrom, were poor. And McCausland just came and he was the only real spark of that team. And it's no, no accident that he gets the goal. Well, Morris Ross, he, he came out today and he's had, I don't know how his connections are, but I would imagine he still gets some connections with, with Rangers somewhere. And he came out and said that this has been boiling over between Cantwell and Clement for quite a while. The, 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 in training, they're, they're sort of not getting on together either. So we'll need to see. Dave, I mean, we, we watched uh, Todd Cantwell watch walking off yesterday and he was just looked so dejected. And I think Clement wanted to talk to him, but he just sort of pushed his way past him. Uh, what's your uh, verdict on that? What do you think? I, I think it uh, gives us a wee telltale into uh, the, the management style of Philip Clement. Clearly, he's a kind of yell and tell type more coach, you know. And I think this is this was predictable. It was therefore preventable. So I think Philip Clement's got to take some of the the heat here because why 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 would he want to put Todd Cantwell on the right? When he's got McCausland, who's you know a, a right winger, you know on the bench, and and take Todd Cantwell away from the number ten position and play the lump of wood that is Sam Lammers, you know in the number ten position. I mean, it, it was almost like it was a setup, and then to take him off after thirty minutes, you know, and then and the the crowd clearly made their feelings known about all of this. I mean, how stupid was that? So, what, what was Philip Clement expecting there? What was he expecting of, of Cantwell? Because Cantwell's the type of player, and I think a lot of good football players, you know, it's, it's an instinct. So when you get the ball, you know, you just make a call on whether I go right or left, depending on where the opposition players are relative to you and things like that. So he's he's made the point in his post-match comments that uh, Todd Cantwell was cutting inside and he wasn't staying right where he expected him to be. So I, I don't think you can teach a player you know, to, to play that that level of, of tactics, you know, say, when you get the ball, I want you to do this with it. So, see when Todd, Todd Will can't the ball, gets the ball, Todd Cantwell will do what, what, what comes to him as instinctively as a, as, a, as a very good football player. And to then embarrass the guy by taking removing him from the pitch and leaving Lammers on, I think that was just an act of petulance. It was stupidity. I really don't see what what Clement's trying, what point he's trying to make there in doing that. I'm in charge. You'll do what I tell you. Uh, surely, I mean that, that, that's schoolboy stuff. I mean, you can't treat these people like children. They're professional football players, and I think Philip Clement let us down big time last night with that stuff. When he's taken off one of the one of the players who can threaten Aris, and 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 leaving his short in midfield, you know. So we all know what uh, Todd Cantwell can do. He's got it in him. He's got the Hollywood ball. You know, he'll do the unexpected. <clears throat> and when we needed that in our midfield last night, he chose to withdraw it and, and leave that dumpling on the pitch. I, I, that's not good enough for me. <clears throat> Scott, can I just ask a question? You were at the game last night. Did Cantwell come out for the second half? No, he was in. Sitting on the bench? Pass. Don't know. Couldn't see you. As far as I know. As far as I know, he was, there was, I know there was a story going around that, uh, that he had left the building, but from what I've heard today, that was I a load of rubbish. I did see him going down the tunnel after we get subbed, but that was that. Was that because I saw him sitting, and then the like, second half, I was trying to look and see, because I just watched it on the TV, I was not at the game, but 
I was trying to look and see if he'd come out for the second half, and then I'd heard this morning that he'd left, he'd left at half time or something. But again, that's it's rumor, rumor mill. But I was just wondering because I, I hadn't heard anything. I was just wondering if he had come out because I hadn't seen him when I'd heard that story, so I didn't know what the what the, if there was anybody in the game that could tell me that. But on our own show, a rubbish that she said he was sitting in the the, the bench, and I think her place is, is just behind the just behind the the the, the, the players sit. So she rubbished it, says it's, uh, he was sitting on the bench the whole game. So as far as I know, it's rubbish. I wasn't there, so I can't, can't say for the 100%. Dave, just one last wee, wee question before I go on. The Boone, do you agree with that? Uh, I think that comes almost by instinct. I don't think you can uh, blame anyone for that because I think the Rangers fans will have been extremely disappointed. You know, we're watching Todd Cantwell, who is a bit of a favourite. But we also know what he's capable of. And we know what Sam Lammers isn't capable of. And to watch him leave and him stay on, I think that that would have been a, that would have been too much for me. I think I'd have been a given Clement, you know, a, a, a mouthful, you know. But he's the manager and, and he will live and die by these decisions. And, and if I think he makes too many of them like that, then he's in for a rude awakening. And as I said, and I, and I posted it in the WhatsApp last night, that if uh, this doesn't go well, and it didn't go well, then uh, the honeymoon's well and truly over for Philip Clement. And I think his honeymoon ended last night. Well, Clement gave a, a press conference last night after the game. And he was asked uh, how did he thought they played. He said it started well and, and we were pressing well. But then we looked as if we get nervous and uh, the goal was unnecessary. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave out most of what he said. But he did go on to talk about Todd Cantwell. And he said exactly, I think Scott, Scott said it, that um, he, he just wasn't doing what, what I asked him to do. Yeah. And he said, they asked him, what do you think his best position is? And he said himself, I think he's the best at number 10. But then he says, but he should be able to play out in the right. And he can play out in the right. He just needs the confidence to do it. So it's a, it's a pretty... Pretty funny way of thinking. Is it? Yeah, I've got to think. Is it the sort of a, I want to put my stamp on this team, or, or yeah, I don't know. I, I don't I, get the reason. Can I just come in there? That's that's as I said. That gives us a wee telltale of of who Philip Clement is and how he wants to manage these players. And I think, I mean, could you imagine Paul Gascoigne being in Philip Clement's squad and how how he would manage that? I mean. So he's got Todd Cantwell. Clearly, Todd, you know, is a he's quite a lively character, and, and he's got fairly firm opinions about you know his life in general. But you can see what this boy can do in the football pitch, and and we've seen it. And you know, so to play him on the right wing and then punish him, it just seemed like punish. You know, mm-hmm. no, I'm taking you off after 30 minutes because he, what he says is he's not following my instructions. To to then put on uh, McCausland, which was probably where he should have started and, and and not put Cantwell in midfield. So was that for, for was that the best thing for Philip Clement or was that the best thing for the team? And I think it was the best thing for Philip Clement because if he had been had, you know, our team at, at heart, then he would have, you know, he could have says, I'll see you after the game, Todd, but get in that midfield and get us a goal. You know, so he should have done what was best for our team last night. And he didn't, he chose to do what was best for himself what he thought was best for himself. I think he's going to be uh, in for a rude awakening on that one. Well, somebody 
Scott McKay. Somebody said to me, one of our one of our own, Bill, on the the WhatsApp. He said we actually played better with Lammers on than we did when he came off. Did you think of that? No, no I completely I disagree. Completely, I mean, completely and utterly disagree. There's, there's going to be a range of opinions on, on all issues. Aye, exactly. That exactly. one's out there. That one's. <laughs> Sam, Sam Lammers was, as I said, he was an empty jersey last night. Me and my pal actually disagreed that we'd have been better playing with 10 men <laughs> than having Sam Lammers in the park last night. I saw Sam Lammers as he's an empty jersey. I tried to give him, see after his goal against Dundee, I looked at him and I watched some clips and I was like, right, because I was asked to write an article on him about how he can be utilised and I was like, right, so how how could come on, use this guy because if he's going to play him every week, I'm assuming he must be like a Brandon Barker on training, he must be the best player on training every day, but when it comes to he has, he has playing in the park, aye, but when it comes to playing in the park, he just doesn't know his arse for his elbow, but uh, what, how, how I thought you could use Sam Lammers was, if you're going to be playing with a lot of cross balls just get him in a box. Just get him in a box and get him interfering things. He can't play the number 10 role even looking up at a back four. He can't use his physical, his, his physicality. We've seen that. He's got no composure in front of goal. He's missed massive chances, i.e. the when he took the ball by Joe Hart, the old firm game. Um, the header last Sunday he missed at Aberdeen was absolutely criminal, man. Absolutely Great. criminal. At that that at that point for me was like, right, that's it. Chances are done. Time's up. But no, the manager still comes out on Thursday night and, and gives him an hour run, run in the park. Why? Because he's not he's not producing and see when Todd Cantwell was in the park last night. I come on and says in his post match presser, he was Cantwell kept on trying to come inside. So he brought McCausland in to, to play wide right. So why not just pull off your donkey and Put one of your put your best number ten in his natural position. It's it's absolutely mental. It's I just can't understand it at all. Um, I don't know what it, it was right in terms of bringing McCausland on and playing him in that position, but he should have started because the boy scored the goal. The boy had a it was our best player, as Scott McPike says. It was a it was the only bright spark kind of second half. Um, took his goal really really well, but. I'm just I'm struggling to see why we're persisting with Sam Lammers. If he's in a good game in training, he's shown a better attitude than Cantwell, fine. But you need him to produce a good Sonny Park and he's not doing it. <laughs> he's missing massive chances for us. He's costing his points. He's actually costing his points now. We could have done one draw with Celtic at Ibrox if if he buries that chance. And he could have won his three points at Aberdeen last week. That's crucial in title races. It's crucial in title races and the guy's not over it. I've tried to get him a benefit of out, and clearly Philippe Cabon's trying to get him a benefit of out, but there's got to come a time where you're like, right, like I've got Lawrence back, I've got, I need, I'm going to play Cantwell in the 10. Lawrence played left wing for Derby, played right wing, he can play anywhere across the front three. So why why is he persisting with Cantwell out in the right when Lawrence is naturally going to be a lot more comfortable out there when that's where he's played previously? I think Ross was one was the way to go... Uh... But I think we've, we've got to agree with one thing. I, I think it was right that McCausland made a big difference when he came on, Scott. Yes. Uh-huh. Oh, he Pike, sorry. Sorry, I didn't. Right. No, he did. And he did, but he was he was always going to make a difference because he's young, he's hungry. He's just, like, 
he's fought, he gets his first goal that his first goal at senior level that'll do it in, in a fifty thousand seater stadium that'll do him the world of good that'll do nothing but positives for his confidence. But he did he did bring that that level of width. I mean, we've screamed about it for months. Rangers have absolutely no options in the wide areas, so he's a, he's emerged as a player. I think even though like on the left, Sima like he's not. He's not showing what he was at the start of the season, but he's still trying his heart out. He's still trying to make things happen. Just nothing's coming off for him. But I thought, yeah, I mean, there was Rangers did start well. Rangers the first twenty minutes, I thought Rangers were fine. It was that thing of Cantwell was trying to come in centre, and you could see, and I heard this in authority for somebody at Ibrox. Any time that Cantwell was coming in centre, Clermont was going apoplectic in the sideline. So. And I don't know if you noticed, but McCausland was warming up after four minutes. Yep. So it wasn't warm. It, he wasn't warming up unless there was already some sort of frustration there. So something definitely was upsetting Clermont early on. But I, I think, I think, I think in Sunday, if, if Cantwell isn't starting, then I think we know where that relationship's at. But I'll be amazed if Cantwell isn't starting number ten in Sunday because he has to. He has to. He has to be the number one option. I think I agree with Scott that. Lawrence can play either left or right. I think Tom Lawrence's best position is number ten behind the striker. But I would say Cantwell Cantwell on the right hasn't worked. So McCausland I think McCausland like he has to start going forward every game. Like I don't get this thing of like he was really good against Livingston. He was Livingston game was Rangers didn't really perform at all. They didn't really have to. But McCausland was getting involved in everything. So he hasn't Done anything but impress since he's been at Rangers since he's come into the first team. So I think he has to be a starter. So yeah, I mean, I think Rangers. I think he was the bright spark. It was good. He got the goal. He was trying. Like you know, what I mean, he was. If he was a bit, if he was a bit more selfish, he'd have probably got a penalty. And I don't like players that jumping down, but he, he would have got a penalty if he jumped down. So I mean, he was involved in everything. Like. If Rangers were going to score a, a second goal last night, it was only coming from him because Danilo wasn't at it. Seema wasn't wasn't really getting much, and Tavernier I thought was off as well. So he was the only, to me, he was the only real option Rangers had to get a goal last night. So I, I think he has to be a permanent starter going forward until he he does something. And I, I don't think he will. I don't think he's that. Like I, I don't agree with this thing that he's still young. He's twenty. Do you know what I mean? Like he's he's old enough to really contribute. So no, I think he's he's done really well since he's come in. He was really good last night, one of the only players. So I think he has to be a, a main man going forward. Davy, I'm gonna give you the one of my questions. Sif Juventus, is he a footballer? Yeah, um I I just don't see it in Sif Juventus. I think he's not mobile enough. I just he just looks like and the touches that he has. I mean, he'll go in for challenges. He wins some of them, but see in terms of the kind of energy that he brings to the game. Well, it's it's not enough energy he brings to the game. It all just seems too lethargic for me. I just I just want someone who moves a bit quicker than that, who who will move into positions to receive the ball. You know, work off the ball, but when when he's on the ball, I just just the quality is just not there. I think that's just my final analysis in Sifuentes. He just lacks quality. It just the movement. I, I don't see it. He's not, you know, bursting into spaces to offer himself to take a pass. Uh, 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 
just not there for me, I'm afraid. And I think you know you'll and I think we'll see the difference when we get uh, Raskin back and you know compare and contrast and compare you know between Sefuentes and Raskin in terms of the the application that they, that they put into the game and, and and the energy that they bring uh, night and day for me. I, I don't see it in Sefuentes. I'm afraid. But I mean, sorry, just a wee thing on Todd Lammers. See when he missed, you know, for, for, for Scott's. Uh, for the top Scott. Yes, Sam Lammers, sorry. When when he when he had the Aberdeen chance on, on Sunday, I so wanted him to score that, you know, just to put that a bit of credit in the bag. That. Would have, that would have made his career. That would have been one of those moments like Bob Navarrete did the three tickets in month. Yeah, that would have been his Eric Bo Anderson moment. That would have been the moment Eric the Eric Bo Anderson moment, as I call it. That, yeah. that, that would have made him. I know. And I just I mean his confidence he would have got from that. I just so wanted him to score that. Obviously the three points, but you know, just the difference that would have made for him, you know, he'd been carried off the pitch, you know, well done, Sam, you saved the day. And I just think we, we could have maybe just given him a lift mm-hmm. because the guy looks like he's he's being haunted, you know, when he's on that pitch at Ibrox, he just looks, fear is written on his face. I just, and it's, the harder he tries, the worse it gets. So yeah, I, I think it's sort of got to do with the American football, though. I, I mean, I watched the, the, the two games when we knew we were signing him. For the, their Champions League, and he was just the same. He just he just sort of strolled about, and if, if he gets the ball and he's plenty of room, it's no problem. As soon as a player near him, then uh, then he's lost the ball. But as uh, Scott was your uh, are you a Sepuentes? Just just still see uh, Scott Scott McKay will go to first. I'll give you the all the chance this. Um, I I I'm I'm not saying I'm a fan, but I'll give him a wee bit more time. Um, he's only had two. Two starts under a manager. It's not like Sam Lammers where he's played. He's been another present. Or and I think Lammers has missed one of the matches. Um, no, he hasn't. He's played every game. Played every game. The only two that's played every game. I thought see at Aberdeen last week. He kind of he was involved more in the in the game in the second half. Um, he made more of an impact. Um, I was watching some of his stuff on YouTube tonight before I came on to try and just to try and back him up a wee bit. And it's just it's a style of football. It's a style of football that we play against. These players only suited against the low block. I mean, Sifuentes playing in the MLS had time and space on the ball. You should see some of the passes the guy was spraying out. He was trying them last night, but they weren't coming off. Just whether that's that didn't have a lack of match sharpness or... Because um, he gave the ball away quite a few times last night when he was trying to spray it out to the right. And, and I noticed in some of the highlights, he plays on the kind of the right side of central midfield as well. That's, that's where he played for New York, so that is kind of his position. Um, he didn't have a great night last night in the slightest, but I think we need to give him just a wee bit more time. He's come over, doesn't know the language, he's, especially climate as well. I mean, <laughs> how cold it is and stuff like that just now. Um, I just I just wish we had more kind of quality in, se- in central midfield to give come on a wee bit of time to work with him on a training pitch to see if there is a player there. Um, so, I I think there could be something, but I think we need to get off his back. I think we need to give him a wee bit more time. There was guys behind me last night shouting from half in the first like ten twenty minutes, and I was a bit like, "No, you need to you need to give the boy time." He's, this is only his second match under the new manager, so if it doesn't work out, fine. It doesn't work out. I think um, there was quite a few clubs interested in him in the summer anyway. So yeah, I think I don't think he'll be short of suitors. Do we decide to sell him? I think that is one that you'll get one and a half million pound for easily. 
easily because there was there was teams looking at him. There was somebody shit standing in front of my throat, my, my wife shouting and bawling to get him off after about fifteen minutes, or <laughs> even less. So I'm afraid that was one of them. <laughs> I just uh, I just thought he was terrible. Scott, like McPike, uh, I'll let you and Sif you enters, but I'll I'll put you on to Sima. Uh, were we jumping the gun when we were saying he's a seven to ten million pound player? No, I thought it was interesting when Clermont came out and said that a reason for his kind of downturn in form was potentially, I think he's just become a dad, I think I'm right in saying. So that that can be, that. I mean, I can understand where he's coming from there. I, I can understand why that maybe has an impact. He's not sleeping as much and things like that. But I, I do think, I, I think the one thing with Sima is that he'll try. Thing. He, he reminds me a bit of Sakala. I think he's a better player than Sakala. But he will keep trying. Do you know what I mean? If nothing's coming off, it, it won't stop until. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's not like he's going to like Alamos, where you could see last night that he got to a stage where he was just like, oh, nothing's coming off for me. And he's getting that too too often. Like, Seema will keep trying. I wouldn't be surprised if Seema's like the sort of person who'll score a big goal in the last minute, like in a cup final or something like that, if Rangers are really under the cost. Because he, he'll always try that. Like, but. Because he's he's absorbing so much energy, I thought he obviously went off yesterday, and I think I think it might be kind of two or three weeks before we really see Sima kind of pick up again. Just on Sifuentes, I remember when he signed, I spoke to an LAFC podcaster, and this is what he told me about Sifuentes, and we haven't seen this yet, in my opinion. He said he's an all-action midfielder that likes to play on the front front foot. He's very good against the ball. He can press, win the ball from the opponents. And he thrives at driving the team forward in transition. We haven't seen that from Joseph Fuentes. Now you can say that for you can say there's two reasons for that. Number one, he's not being played in that position where he can be that kind of number eight that I think he was brought in to be. And he's not a sitter. He's not mm. it wasn't there was a reason he was getting in the way of Lundstrom. Lundstrom was having to tidy up a lot of his mess. They were getting in each other's way. I don't think Fuentes was comfortable there. But the other argument to that is is that there's nobody really else that can play that role right now. Jack's injured, Raskin's injured, Rice, I think I, I, I think Bailey Rice is a really good player. I don't think he's he's there yet in terms of getting yeah, trusted I mean, to be in that position. So I think Sifuentes is going to play there until somebody comes back. But I think we're still to see the best of Sifuentes. Like I, I, I do watch a lot of MLS and he did. He was a bit of a standout for me like a couple of times last year. When he was playing in that role, I think the games you were talking about the Champions League, I've heard this in good authority. I think he was it was a classic example as he knew a move was coming, he didn't want to get injured. And I don't really have an issue with that because if he'd arrived at Rangers injured, it would have been typical. But we aren't seeing Jose Sifuentes to best effect. I think once everybody's fit, we could hopefully maybe see him play a bit more of a kind of forward playmaker role, that kind of box-to-box that I think Rangers have missed for a long time. So I wouldn't give up on Sifuentes, but I, I think he needs to improve. I thought he was fine against Aberdeen, but yesterday I thought, he, like as you say, he was making a lot of loose passes. Mm-hmm. He, he's, he's kind of ruining the tackle. He's, he's kind of going for tackles. I don't think he was good at all. I just think we need to see... He needs. He looks to me to be a player who... Not that he build a team around. I don't think he's, he's that type of player. I don't think he's earned that, but I think he is suited to a certain way of playing that Rangers aren't aren't playing at the moment because he's playing in a role that he's playing in a certain role that he has to play because there's nobody else. I think if you might 
like once everybody's fit, you might see a bit better, a bit better version of Jose Fuentes. But right now, he's not shown enough for me yet. But I wouldn't completely give up on him. Oh, well, it's too too much money to give up on him. I think, uh, yeah, and yeah, everybody keeps him saying. I mean, even Bill said he, he'll be a world beater once once he gets going. But as you say, we haven't we haven't seen that. Dave, uh, come in, come come on. Was talking about the game on Saturday, and somebody asked him, or they have him coming up on Sunday. Somebody asked him against a Scottish team. Do you not think you can play with one defensive midfield player? and play with more attacking football. And his answer was, if you're playing with two wide wide uh, attacking defenders, then you need two defensive midfielders. So he meant Barisic and uh, Tavernier, obviously, attacking so much. He says you need two defensive midfielders. Otherwise, in the transition, you'll lose a lot of goals. What's your verdict on that, Dave? Well, we had two on last night and we lost one in the transition. So where were our two holding midfielders there to, st- to, to stop that? <clears throat> Them bursting forward in transition. So I heard that comment today. And, and to be honest, from, from his, his take on last last night's game and, and the reason, you know, for uh, removing uh, Todd Cantwell and, and the reason for asking him to play that position in the first place, when, when McCausland's there and it's not his natural position, and then when he won't cho- choose to make the sub, you know, doing what he did, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I don't know. Some of the shine went off of Clement for me last night. I just thought, and just the way that he did it, I just thought it was petulant. So, um, I, I think you know, if he thinks we need to play two holding midfield players against St. Man Ibrox because we may lose the ball in transition. Then uh, we just need to get him in front of a TV screen. And, and actually look at St. Man. And you know, because uh, that's that, that's we should not be playing two holding midfield players at Ibrox <clears throat> against, you know, anyone maybe other than them. So that's I'm sorry, but and I, I guess he'll he'll get a better understanding of Scottish football as he gains more experience of it. That just maybe, you know, the, the default position of Philip Clement that he that he, he prefers to have the two if he's going to have attacking fullbacks then he, he needs two holding midfield players. I think he might be a... Maybe that was just to surround... Whatever forwards St. Man leave up at the weekend, you know, we've got we've got two central defenders and two holding midfielders to block out all the daylight <laughs> that may get to their forward. So, I don't know what his uh, intentions are, but that's not required. <clears throat> yeah, I wouldn't say we need two... I mean, I don't think we need two holding defenders uh, of midfield... Def- uh, players, I think we could play one and then in a box to box that that went and comes and goes, attacking defence, attacking defence. Scott, what do you do? Do you think we can play with with two? What? I'll, no, I'll ask you another question. Do you think we can play with two number tens? Do you think we could play with Lawrence and Cantwell as two number tens? Aye, aye, definitely, definitely. Um. Good players can play with each other. Um, I don't think I don't I don't think that's a realistic kind of statement because I don't think it's ever going to happen. But the, the manager likes to use width, but I think it could it would definitely work. Um, I think Cantwell and Lawrence could do some real damage. I've been saying it for, since Bill was here. 
um, that we have got the quality. It's just a case of getting the quality on the park and getting some sort of rhythm to it, uh, getting some sort of formation that's going to... I mean, your three could be Lundstrom sitting and then have Cantwell and Lawrence going further forward. See, when you're playing against... A, we're going to play against a low block against St Murnay on Sunday. So, kind of, why can we not do it? Let's, let's stop this and still have McCoy's on the left and see him on the right with an eel through the middle. There's nothing really stopping us, especially with Raskin out and Jack being injured yet again. Um, I don't see how how it's not a, a, a realistic kind of target that we could that we could do. You can maybe even have, as one of uh, the comments has just come through, you could have Lawrence as an eight, Willini sitting, and then Cantwell further forward. Lawrence has played that position before as well. We've got a very versatile player on my books who's on a lot of money. So I think it should be playing. Um, so I ask, ask, ask my top ones worth. You need to get your best players in the park. And Cantwell and Lawrence are two of our best attacking players. They need to be playing. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Scott, do you agree with that? Do you, what, what do you think of the midfield uh, situation? And what do you think can, can make it better? Yeah, I don't think you need to play two holding midfielders against St Marin, for example. I, I, I think, like, as, I, as I was saying earlier, if you can maybe try and kind of place Sifuentes a bit further forward if he's going to play, but you can't, I mean, Lawrence, uh, Lawrence would be fine in there. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think I, I think McCausland will start, and I think it obviously frees up. You, I would play Campbell. Campbell has to play. If he doesn't play, I think it probably sends a signal that I don't think is good for the, the fans. But I think he plays... Uh, I, I, if it's Lawrence or Sequentes, play them a bit further forward. You don't need to sit I can understand it to a degree in big games. Like Wednesday night, for example, against Hearts, I think you might see him play two certain midfielders. I don't think you need to play against Marin. So whether it's Lawrence or uh, Sequentes, just any one of them, and just play them a bit further up. Because I think there's more... You can get more out of the midfield in... I would have Lundstrom just sitting as he's done. He's, I think Lundstrom's been fine in recent weeks. And either Lawrence or Sifuentes, just play them further up and see what they just try something different. Because the, the past two games, that kind of midfield just hasn't really worked. So try something different, whether it's either of them. But yeah, I know I agree with that. Yeah. Evie, what do you, you think about Roof or Dessers not getting a chance coming on to, to, to try and break open the defence in the last 10 minutes or something like that? Is that, is, that, is that a message, do you think? Well, I think our experience of both would uh, give Slip Clement a pass on that one because, you know, how many times have we seen them, you know, put their cape on, fly out, fly off the bench and save us? Uh, it, it doesn't happen very often. No, I'm, uh, I'm, I don't see whether Dessers is it not even a break glass moment gets him on the pitch for me, but I just it's just so slow and cumbersome. No, I think we've got other options available to us in terms of un unlocking defences. You know, I I'm kind of fairly simple in my view of football. You, first of all, you get your best players on the pitch. You know, I'm I'm the kind of I take the same view as you know you, you, we had at school when you when you line up against the wall and the two captains pick their team and you just start picking the best players first. That that's pretty much my view of football, and which is why Todd Todd Cantwell's got to play. On, on Sunday, and uh, Sam Lammers isn't because you know if he was uh, up against the wall in the gym I was in, 
he would be a uh, he'd be going straight back to the changing room. So, uh, no, it's, get we've got enough talent, and and obviously he has to give them some structure, some you know. But I don't think I, I think it's fairly I don't know if it's naive or arrogant of Phil, Philip Lamont to tell to tell Todd Cantwell here's how you go on and. and Here's how I want you to play. And then when you get the ball here, you go down the touchline. And then any time you get the ball, you go down the touchline. I think when he's going to uh, tell good players instructions to that level of detail, then uh, I think we're, we're lost on him. You just have to kind of trust the players. Trust the players. They, they know what they're doing. They're good. He's clearly a, a cracking football player. He's a gifted football player. I think we just have to uh, trust the players With, within a certain structure. Obviously, he's not going to be, uh, you know, diving in front of the centre-half. You know, he's, he's a, he's a right-sided attacking player. And then I think you pretty much have to leave him, leave it up to him to, as to how he uh, interprets each situation. And for him to kind of spit the dummy and, and pull him after half an hour, I, I know I keep going on about it, but I just it's just the, the concern for me is that if that's that's how Philip Clement is going to manage this Rangers team, I think uh, that's a wee bit worrying for me. But I think against St Mirren, you know, they're not. It's not going to be a. We, I think that they're all going to come and get bodies behind the ball, you know, with a view that when when they get the opportunity they'll break. Uh, and I think you know, two central defenders, and you know, and, and midfielders who are who are mobile enough to, to you know to match them when the, when they surge forward should be more than enough to cope with any attacking threat that they have. And, and, and hitting us on the break, it should be uh, way more than enough for that. And, and we uh, play to our strengths and, and obviously get get a few goals and, and go at them from the start. Because I think, you know, again, last night we uh, we started not too bad, but I, I would I would I would just like to see the, the energy go up, go up a couple of notches. But I, I say that most games, to be honest. Yeah, just want to go a quick round now. Just a uh, man of the match for, and obviously on the Rangers side, I'll go. I'll go first, and my man of the match was John Lundstrom. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there you go. I'm giving John Lundstrom. I thought he was. I thought he was the best player by by a country mile. To be honest with you, well, McCausland when he came on made a big difference. But uh, no, I definitely uh, he was in midfield virtually alone, and. He ran the show. So that is my man of the match. Scott Mackay. McCausland. The only player I offered in him. And he was only on for 60 minutes. Yeah. Scott McPike. Yeah, I'd say McCausland. I'll, I'll give Loon some credit as well. I thought he did well kind of try to do two jobs. So I would, a bit, McCausland was the only spark in that side. So McCausland, by the way. Just a pity McCausland made the. Cut inside instead of taking the shot, and uh, just the ch- chance just after his goal, he get another chance. through, and he cut inside instead of taking the shot on, and that that was a pity because I think he probably scored from where he was. Dave, yeah, I think McCausland's got to get it just from the the difference that he made. You know, when he uh, when he came on, he was he was obviously asking questions of them. Eventually, he gets the goal, but uh, just that the, how direct he is. You know, and just when it's so intention is to get forward, they'll take players on, uh, and uh, actually quite exciting future for, for Ross McCausland. I mean, I hope he uh, 
continues to apply himself in, in that manner and, and the rest of the times he plays for Rangers because uh, he certainly uh, looks at, he looks what he plays with the kind of energy and directness that, that we all want to see so let's hope he keeps it up Okay, I'm, I'm, I think we're all agreed that uh, on, it'll virtually be the, the same team except Lammers out and, and Cantwell in I think everybody will be picking that so I'm not going to go around for the team for four but I'm going to We'll, uh, finish with the with, with the, the game at the moment. Far being used for more different things like corner kicks, like uh, fouls. Scott Mackay, what do you think of that? It's ruining the game. It's ruining the game. It's getting used wrong. Getting used wrong. It's as easy as that. Yeah, it's. Uh, uh, I, I, I suppose it depends on, on the amount of time it takes. To, if it can be done very quickly, but if they're taking they're taking five five six minutes now to make some decisions, Scott McPike, what do you think? Do you, are you in favour of farm taking making more decisions? Uh, I, th- I think the big problem with that is is that the technology's there to be used, but the people that are using it aren't very good. I think. Like I'm hearing the sandbin thing. I think the sandbin thing would be ludicrous, to be honest. Aye, I think well. that would be a complete disaster. Like I can see that being just a comedy show. But no, I just I, I think with VAR, like, I, I think I, I don't think VAR is ever going to be allowed to be successful in Scottish football because we have way too much nonsense with referees, and it's not like it's referees aren't good. We know that, but the hysteria is just clamped up to a hundred, and VAR is just. Has accelerated that because we're, we're led to believe that VAR has been operated in a in a Masonic lodge, so we're never going to get any any kind of seriousness out of it. Let's be honest. So giving them more decisions, I think, will just make Scottish football more of a nonsense. But if if the technology was used right, if there was a bit more kind of competence for the media in terms of covering it, I would be all for it. But I, I can see I can see it being a complete disaster. I, mean, I suppose it would get to a point that you don't need a referee on the, in the park. <laughs> you get the just have, have far and uh, let far make all the decisions. Dave, what's your with the introduction and it being such a, a big change? I think it's there is going to be a take time for it to bed in and you know, find out what works, what we could improve on. It's always going to be a process of refinement, you know, and in a change of that magnitude. So, I would be uh. I would be. I would think that we should just get comfortable with the changes that we've made so far, before we start introducing, you know, further changes to VAR, because you know, it, it, VAR I think helps, and I am I'm a supporter of it. I think it, it improves the the quality of the decisions that are made. But when we saw, you know, on Tuesday night, the the penalty which uh, PSG got against Newcastle, and and you know, two guys and 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 who, you know or possibly Europe's finest in terms of, you know, the, the, the quality and seniority of the, the officials who, who were studying this and yet gave a penalty to Newcastle, which was laughable, to be honest. So you're thinking, yeah, we need to, although it is technology, we have to, it's people who are applying that technology and ultimately it's a human decision. So other than, you know, the goal line technology, which is which is you know, a technology decision, which is over the line or not, but, you know, when it's subjective, you know, when people are applying, you know, their subjectivity to these decisions, 
I think uh, we, we have to work on on clarifying the position that the referees you know are in in terms of making calls and also in the reviews because not in a month of Sundays was that a penalty and yet you know the the referee, you know, was referred back, and he then reviewed it and, and decided to give a penalty. And I just wonder what, what happened there because this, that, the technology failed, is in that instance. So, and there'll be other instances of that. But I think on the whole, it's 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 made for better quality decisions. So, there's always going to be teething issues, but I think we should stick with it because ultimately it's going to be uh, beneficial. And the sin, Ben Dave, would would you? What's your opinion of that? No, I would just leave the ref because uh, you know because if if it's, I mean, I would I thought about you know time wasting and you know and rather than yellow cards. No, I think I think football is ultimately a simple game, which is why it went round the world so quickly because you don't need too much. You just need you know a, a bit of ground and a fall, some jumpers for the goalposts, and you're up and running. You can play football. And that was the, the beauty of it and why it just went spread across the continents. Uh, and I think that the further we get away from that kind of concept is, uh, is ain't necessarily a good thing. So I would be change it, but change it could be at your peril. So I'm I'm for keeping things simple. And I know that they have it in rugby and, and things like that, but football isn't rugby. So I would like leave as much as we can in the hands of the referee, but you know when it's such big decisions and you know the, the importance of the, these games and, and technology can assist the referee make a better decision, we should apply it. But I don't, I don't really see uh, much benefit in a sin. Then what's that? Um, what's that going to solve? What problem that we that exists at the moment is that going to solve? Is that we want fewer bookings? We want fewer red cards? I, I, I don't really find. I don't really know. What we're trying to solve, what problem we're trying to solve by introducing sin bins? I'll, 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 I'll give you my answer to that, Dave. Yesterday, I don't know if you remember the the player with the long hair from the other team. He pulled back, um, Suter, I think it was Suter burst from the midfield, and he pulled him back. And he had done that. He done that just after it as well. He stopped somebody running down the, 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 the wing. I think it might have been Seema, but I'm not sure about that. And I think he stopped. Rangers, it was a good burst through. Suter bursting through. And he stopped that in the track. They got all the men behind the ball and we get a free kick about 40 yards out. Now, I think there is a place for the sin bin. Because I think if you do that so... A team has so much profit from getting their players behind the ball again. If they lose a player, then I think they would stop doing things like that. So I'm, I'm, I don't know how it would go, but I definitely think there is a place for something between a yellow card and a red card. I definitely think there is something. Scott? Okay. No. no, definitely not. not. I think, I think, you hear me all right? I, I, think, I think my game's just going to turn into a complete joke. If we start some bins, it's not ice hockey we're playing; it's fitler. <laughs> I just, I just can't see the benefit of somebody getting a five-minute sin bin. It's just, it's just a daft idea, to be brutally honest with you. And I don't yeah, think who, get, who gets the benefit of them getting all the men behind the ball and the guy getting a yellow card? He didn't even get. He, he done it right after it. He should have got a red card, to be honest with you. 
and there was a, the number nine from the number nine from them as well. Had two fouls right after each other. Should have got them sent off as well. But that's but it's uh, that, that's Fatba. It's Fatba. Yeah. That's 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 the game that we all love and we all want to watch. That's it's Fatba. <laughs> it's no. Yeah. It's not some. I, no, I, I just don't agree with it. I, think, I just don't think. Oh, I don't like the idea. Of it. I don't think, like the concept. Of it. I think it would be used the wrong. I think it would just ruin a game. To be brutally honest with you. Okay, Scott, you thought that as well. I've not been able to change your mind. Nah, <laughs> I just don't. I, I, I get it and like rugby and things like that. But as, just, as David says, it's a different game. It's more. It's less. It's less intense for, for that kind of point of view. There's less kind of reaction for the crowd and things like that. Like you don't really hear fifty thousand fans booing if there's a decision that doesn't go their way. You don't hear it as much in rugby, so I get that. I just I think I think we're in, and especially in Scottish football, I think we're I think VAR is just even even if it's right, it's going to be it's going to be viewed as wrong. So you're just I think that I just would leave it alone to now try and make the people that are reviewing the technology better. As if it try and make the coverage a bit better, try and not focus on the nonsense. Just let's let's just have a simple like I, I agree with David about the VAR at the Newcastle game. That was a nonsense. But that the problem with that is that it's the same with the, the rule with shot pulling. We can argue that the rule all we want and say it's a ridiculous rule. It's the rule. We need to just realise that and we can't then say, oh, because the rule has, has changed to what it was 10 years ago, we can moan about it. It's, it's the rule. We can say it's rubbish, but it's there. It's got a penalty's got to be given. I thought it was a, a nonsense that penalty was given. But let's just make the game simple. Let's just VAR is quite a good tool. As I say, Rangers and Celtic are going to get more penalties than the rest of Scottish football. So I don't see why now that is Rangers are getting, Rangers are getting a penalty in the 94th minute when they're needing a goal. Is any different to Celtic getting a penalty the day before? Like that just doesn't make any sense to me. That's a fault. The media coverage of that's nonsense. So let's let's use VAR as a good tool, what it's meant to be, and don't make it into a farce, which is what it's slowly becoming, because we live in hysteria land, and that's where we're at in Scotland. Yeah, I mean, I, some of it's got to be uh, education as well, because a couple of managers this season, Stephen Naismith and Robson up at Aberdeen have both betrayed in their post-match comments that they actually don't understand the rules of VAR when they, when they go on, when they get a microphone stuck under their chin and they complain about it, and they actually don't understand what the referee can do, what guidance is in place, and, and, and complain about it. And, yet, and they're given oxygen by the media you know, to complain about decisions which are against them. When they, they know they'll get away with it because the media play up on it here. That's the problem. But the, the but the, the comments that they've made actually betray that they actually don't understand, you know exactly what the, what the rules are. So, yes. but that that's lost because all we get is you know Robson's complaining about the you know the, the penalty that Rangers get and 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 that's that's the headline and the, and the media run with it when it's uh, when it's quite clear that you know the shot tug was was is a stonewall penalty. And, that, that's kind of lost. See, see his comment. See when he made that comment after the game where he said it's a bad look when Rangers get a penalty, when VAR give Rangers a penalty in the, the added minutes. That's a dangerous comment because if Rangers were to, if that was to happen on Sunday, for example, and it's one-one, if you're a referee and you know the hassle that that's caught, that 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 comment's caused, 
yeah. you're going to be you're going to be looking for reasons not to give that penalty because you don't want to invite hassle. That is what the tar- that's what this is all about. That is dang- he's playing a dangerous game, but he's being that's being allowed to be public. He's that that's being instead of like we saw with Arteta a couple of a couple of weeks ago. I think it was it was at Newcastle. I think they beat off Newcastle, and he came out and basically laid into VAR and. Look at the the kind of immediate like Neville Carragher, I think Keane maybe as well. They all lambasted Arteta because his comments he was seen to be kind of blaming the technology and saying that that's a ridiculous. Like they were challenging him. That doesn't happen in Scotland. What you get is the media pondering to that, and that just invites more pressure on the referees. And it may Celtic got a penalty for the exact same thing the day before, and I haven't heard one person in the media challenge it and say anything. But Rangers are the big bad ones for getting a penalty late on in that game. Yeah, explain that to me because I don't understand that. It, it should be the football authorities who should challenge him on on those comments. He's effectively yeah, they're they're, they're scared as well. He's effectively saying they're cheating. So yeah. if, if, he, if he believes that, then then he should be. I mean. He can believe it if he wants, but he should the the, the SPFL should be challenging him and taking him to task, you know, about those comments when he's effectively accusing the officials of cheating. And uh, if they don't, then they, they won't stop until they're punished. There needs to be a sanction, you know, because you know the, here are the rules: the shut tug. Is that a penalty? It's a penalty. Did he tug the shut? Yes, he did. It's a penalty. So we, we that that doesn't matter whether it's the first minute or the last minute, you know it's 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 just universally true, and if he's saying that that's now somehow is special ap- application for the benefit of Rangers, they, they should c- come down on him like a ton of bricks. I think somebody they said in the last know. the last wee while, Dave, that that not every tug of a shirt is a penalty. The re and and obviously. Um, I've lost his name now. Connor Goldson was we got a lot of trouble because they said he dived. I think you could see last night as uh, Scott McPike says, McCausland, if he went down, he would have had a penalty, but he didn't. But that that interrupted his run running up to the goal, so he would have had an easier chance if if he had if if it wasn't fouled, but he was fouled. If it went down, he would have got a penalty, and that's why a player really now has got to go down. Well, so, said, think, sorry, sorry as well. Michael Stewart said an interesting thing as well, and I, I don't mean to give Michael Stewart any publicity, but he said in the sports scene on Sunday night, he says, "Oh, this is a tactic of Rangers. They're trying to get defenders to to pull their shots. Why doesn't Barry Robson and Stephen Naismith instead of saying this is like instead of saying oh, v, big uh, VAR's helping big bad Rangers?" Tell your player in this technology, and this is why I had a problem with Cagbell's dive as well, because you're not getting a penalty anymore for diving, so don't do it. VAR, there's cameras in the box to, to, to find things like that. Tell your player in the 90th minute when you're 1-0 up, do not tug a player's shot instead of what we see. That's the that's what the that's what managers should be doing, not inciting lunatics, which is what we have, to... Say to who believe and say ridiculous stuff. That that's what I said as well. The media should be focusing on how good that game was on Sunday. It was an entertaining end-to-end game. Either side had chances to win it. 
But instead, all we've heard is instead of talking about how these two sides are going to be playing again in two weeks in a National Cup final, we're talking about how Barry Robson either doesn't know the rules or is pretending not to know the rules because he knows if he says that, people will back him up. And it's the same with Hartson. How many times in John, in John Hartson's commentary has he said the phrase, his hand looks offside? We talk about Rangers no learning no learning lessons for a defensive point of view. There's two Rangers have conceded the same goal for two games. John Hartson said that in every single game he's commentated on. Somebody needs to tell him, John, your hand can't be offside, but nobody will because we don't challenge nonsense in Scotland. And that is the big problem. Yeah, Sorry for being ranty, but it's a bugbearer of mine. It's an absolute bugbearer of mine. Obviously, the, as far as I know, the rule is it's got to be a part of your body that can score a goal. So that is uh, as far as I know the rule is. Anyway, I'm, I'm conscious of the time. I think this is the longest podcast that we've ever done. <laughs> so I'll go around and you can all say your bye-byes, Dave, and what you think the score will be on sun- Sunday. Okay, bye-bye, 3-0 to the Rangers. <clears throat> Scott Mackay? Uh, I'm going to go 2-1 Rangers. I don't think it's going to be plain sailing by any matter of means. St Murna are a good side. I think it's going to be 2-1 Rangers. And thanks for, for, to everybody for tuning in. Well, mate, Pike? Uh, pleasure as always to be on, guys. Uh, I think it will be... I think we're, we're due to see a, a kind of comfortable Rangers performance. I think 2-0. I think I, I want to see. I think Cantwell scoring would raise the roof. So I want to see Cantwell go on the score sheet. Two now, Rangers, and thanks for your time, guys. Thanks for coming on, Scott. Pleasure. Thanks. Yeah, thanks, uh, Scott, for coming on. It's uh, I was I was nearly forgot to say that. Um, <laughs> well, I'm, I'm going to go for. I think we had a hard game last night, and I would love to go for four nil. Yeah, that's. I would have loved to win for that day, but I don't know whether the it's in the legs. To, to go for that, so I'll I'll I'm go I'll go for three one. I'll go for three one. Uh, I would love to have said four 0 Anyway, thanks for watching, everybody. Don't forget to give us a like or subscribe. And for one pound, you become a member and and get more shows in the week, daily news every day, every morning, every working morning. And uh, all I will say is thanks for watching. And don't forget, we are the people. Bye.